Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 86, unsolicited mom advice for when your little birdies start to leave the nest. So this is kind of a topic and a time period of your life that can be a combination of both sweet and sadness, also mixed in with a lot of excitement for both you and your kiddos and your entire family. So that's what I'm going to be covering in this final part of a three-part series on advice and just time management tips with some organization tips thrown in on some of these stages of your life. So before I get started, a little update. Of course, I've taken another little bit of a break off. So if you look at the dates, published dates on these episodes, I've actually really taken the time. So here's something I wanted to share with you guys. Because I think sometimes, especially when we're in the midst of, you know, making big changes, as you all know, if you've been listening, our family made a major move across country from Nevada to Georgia this summer. And a lot has been going on. And one of the things that has been wonderful, I am blessed to have some amazing, amazing friends and support systems in my life. And everyone was encouraging me to just kind of like, take it easy. And I that's really advice that I did take to heart this summer. And I'm glad that I did. I actually have really kind of slowed things down, really kind of focused this time on my family focus this time on myself, which is, I know sometimes as women, it's really hard to do. Um, And to even, it's even hard to say because it feels like that is, you know, sounds very selfish or we shouldn't be doing that. And for some reason, we have a lot of like negative attributes that we have when it comes to just putting ourselves first sometimes. But I will say, I did that by just simply taking off a lot of pressure off myself. For instance, with this podcast, I put my pressure, I I put these declarations out there, I will promise to get this done, you know, one episode a week. And sometimes in life, um, that's just not going to happen. And that's okay. And since I am a one-person show with this podcast, it's not like I have a a production team, shocking, um, behind me. Um, It's all up to me. And I had to let myself know that that's okay. And I've actually really enjoyed my summer. In fact, (laughs) it's the first time I've had like an actual tan on my legs in a minute just because we've been doing a lot of um, outdoors stuff. We've been visiting pools whenever we see them. We're blessed to live near the coast now. So a lot of time spent on the beach. Um, and yeah, a lot, just a lot of time just going out there exploring um, and really just enjoying my summer, enjoying spending time with my family during this big transition and move uh, that we made. So I give permission to you to just let go. Sometimes just let go. Just kind of put everything on the back burner that needs to be put on the back burner. Obviously, I still had to work this summer. So I put some things on autopilot. I let people kind of know, hey, I need to 
kind of take a little bit of a step back. And um, as I get geared up for the fall, I actually really do feel very rejuvenated, especially coming off a year like 2021, where it was a really difficult year for me personally. And I just, I really needed this time. I let go of my phone. I probably have 200 text messages right now I have to respond to. I know I have a, a bunch of Instagram DMs that have come through over the summer, and it, I've just given myself permission to say, you know what? It's fine. I'll get to it. The people who know or need to get a hold of me know how to get a hold of me um, quickly, and everyone else can just kind of take a back seat for a moment and and hoping that that will be okay with them. So another thing I wanted to um, bring up is that opposite perspective. Um, sometimes we get really caught up in like feeling like we have to be like present all the time for everyone. And a lot of times with technology, it, it really puts that additional pressure on us. But sometimes I or this is giving me a different perspective that I can now look at the people in my life. And if they don't respond back immediately, if they're not on, on, you know, when I send them a message, if I don't hear back to also understand that they may be doing exactly what I am in the process of doing, of just taking a breather, putting me in the backseat, not taking it personally, and just completely understanding that they will get back to me when they can. So sometimes I think we are a little bit too hard on each other also, which adds to our own stress and paranoia. We don't want to make people upset or whatever. But sometimes just giving other people that um, understanding that they may be going through the same kind of thing that sometimes we need to go through, just giving ourselves a break. So I just wanted to kind of share that. Um, one thing that I am finding with the series is that I always outline. So I like do this process. I, I pretty much what I do with the time management journal, I brainstorm topics. And then I start to prioritize what I would like to talk about. And then I do an outline and I go off of the outline. But a lot of times, as you probably have picked up on, I will kind of go on a tangent or kind of ramble about something that's on my heart. And one of the things that I noticed in doing this series is I've really felt it on my heart to really talk about like self-care as moms and a lot of letting go of the guilt. I'm not so much giving you guys like, you know, tips for time management and organizing your home and your life. Like I'll get throw some of those in. But for whatever reason in this series, I've really felt compelled just to talk to you as like mom to mom. And I definitely am going to do this. I've definitely gone off script in the series, freely admit. And I think it's just because a lot of times we need to hear that. So thank you for those who have sent me DMs. I've kind of scanned some of the DMs. I know this series is really resonating with a lot of you guys out there. Thank you for letting me know that you've listened to some of the episodes over and over, that you shared them with your friends who could use a little bit of, you know, just connection to another mom who kind of gets it. So again, that's kind of how I'm going to go because... When we, when our kids get to the age where they start to, like I said, leave our nest and go on their own, it's, I'll be honest, I, I you know, I've been there. I have, um, my two oldest have officially left. My daughter has officially 
um, spread her wings and is on her own. And there was a little bit of panic (laughs) on her end because she was kind of like, I feel like I'm losing my parents. I'm like, you're not losing your parents. You're becoming independent. Like I had to, we had this talk that when it came over to like taking her off of our insurance and, um, letting her know that she is now responsible for paying her own insurance costs and stuff. She did have a little bit of like a panic moment and stuff. And so I had to kind of talk her through it and, you know, let her know I definitely saw things from her perspective, but the time had come. (laughs) And, but it was also very hard for me because it's hard to see your child, even though, you know, she had just turned 20 And um, it's hard to see them kind of like, oh my gosh, because there is a part of my brain that's like, oh my gosh, what if, what if she can't figure it out? What if she can't do it? You know, um, but you have to have faith and trust in how you've raised them and that you're still there for them. And that's what I let my two oldest know that during this time period in life when they're figuring out their own thing. They're navigating their career choices, what they want to do. They're navigating relationships, all of that, that they still do have that safety nest. They can always, we're a phone call away, you know, they can always come back kind of home is still a retreat for them where they can sort of figure things out if they need. Um, and so, but like I said, it, it is, it's a difficult time for both your child and for yourself. So I'll probably kind of go into that a little bit and just let you guys know anecdotally from my own personal experience, sort of how I've navigated that. But first I want to share with you guys a quick funny story about my youngest. So now that his, he's officially like an only child at home, um, we are have moved into our new house and you know i'm like i i don't think a lot should be placed on me i feel like sometimes again going through this summer i'm like i take on a little way too much more than i should when it comes to um uh you know household stuff and so i kind of realized <laughs> something with my youngest um he was sweeping the floor the other day and i was like kind of actually impressed with the job that he did. So I told him, I was like, wow, you're really good at sweeping the floor. I said, oh my, and then, but something kind of like clicked in my brain. I actually kind of overemphasized this. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen anyone take the time and effort that you have taken into sweeping the floor. You're like a floor sweeping master. And he kind of, at first he was kind of like, what are you talking about? But then he was sort of like, tell me more. And so I did, I just really kind of built him up because I don't want to sweep the dang floor. Um, (laughs) And, you know, instead of like, you know, nagging and bugging him, like go sweep the floor, I decided to kind of take a different approach and um, really kind of build on it. I, I learned this subconsciously from my daughter. I realized she actually, one of her favorite things to do as a cleaning, as a tour was cleaning bathrooms. And I mean, since she was little, she loved like scrubbing toilets and cleaning the bathroom. She took a lot of pride in it. And so I would just tell her, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're my bathroom cleaner, that you're the best bathroom cleaner I've ever met. She really was. And so that kind of stuck with her. And she just, to this day, I mean, if I need a bathroom cleaned, she is the girl that I call on. 
so even though, um, you know, this was exaggerated about the floor sweeping, I will say as just parent to parent, if you have a kid and that might be kind of a better tactic to take is like, if you're like, oh, wow, I've never seen someone so good at sweeping a floor before and they get kind of a sense of pride. And then I've noticed they don't really mind doing it when you ask them to. So I wish I had learned that way many, many years ago with like my first kid. Um, so anyway, just a little parent to parent tip that I thought was, I kind of chuckled at. So I now have a expert, an expert uh, floor sweeper in our house. Okay. All right. So like I said, when you start having your little birdies leave your nest, it is this time of your life in their life where it's so exciting. You're so excited for them, but it's also sad. It's sad for you. It's sad for them. I, I personally, when I, my first two left, um, when my daughter went to college for the first time, I remember, cause this just was two years ago. She, I like, I went through this process the week before she left for college where I was so sad. I honestly, and again, there was a lot going on, you know, it was 2020 and everything. So that probably like really amplified it. But I realized like, I was like kind of going through her childhood and like, did I, did I read to her enough? Did I teach her enough? Did I, does she know how to do this? Is she going to be okay? Will life ever be the same again? And it was really sad. And what I did um, is I just allowed myself to just kind of feel in that sadness, just gave myself a couple of days to kind of be a little sad and mopey and get the tears out whenever I needed talking to, you know, really great people in my life support system about this transition and this big leap that I was about to take. Now, quick note on support systems. Here is what I'm going to say. You know how you have your group of friends or family members, your support systems, and you have like the group of friends that are really great and like motivating for when it comes to maybe your work life, or you have friends that are very supportive of your marriage or relationships, or the friends are just kind of like the goofy, fun friends that like you can't really rely on them, but they're just there for a good laugh. You kind of need a type of friend when it comes to this season of your life. So I would really um, encourage you to find other friends who also have kids that have left because one thing that I noticed is when I would go and I would try to talk to my friends who still had younger children in the home and, and it was like years away before any of their kids left, I I didn't really get a lot of support. So that is something that I noticed that I needed is I just my friends who, you know, have younger children and, you know, like elementary age or younger, I actually didn't really talk to them a lot about um, my kids leaving because there was sort of this understand or this thing that would just kind of come up. And I thought it was weird where they would be like, well, number one, it was always like, well, aren't you so happy? Like, you know, that's, that's great, you know? And I'm like, well, no, not necessarily. It's a lot more complicated than that. But the one thing that really kind of bugged me was they were like, well, you're done. Like, you're done raising your kids. Like, you should be proud. And I was like, 
E, no, it doesn't really work like that because if you have kids that have left the nest already, they're 18, they're in their early 20s or whatever. I think one thing that you realize is that the parenting doesn't stop. Like I said, my daughter went off to college when she was 18 and then she ended up coming home to finish college. And um, it wasn't until she was 20 until she kind of officially left. There was still a lot of parenting to be done. There is always a lot of parenting to be done. Your kids are still navigating relationships. They're they're having to figure out their own finances, their own career choices. Like I said, all of those things in life. And yeah, you don't have control. You can't go and tell them what to do, but you can certainly navigate them. You still worry about them. They're, you know, you still want to hear from them on a regular basis. You still want to be very involved in their life and you're balancing that the whole time, like how much involvement is too much involvement. Um, and when is it okay to say something? And when do I just need to learn to keep my mouth shut? So, so there still is very much that involvement with your kids. It's not like they just leave and then you don't see them for three or six months or something. It's not how it goes. I mean, when my daughter first left, she had a job and she was having to walk back to campus at night by herself and sometimes kind of late at night. And we wanted a phone call or a text message when she got back to her dorm room. That was on a daily basis. Like I wanted to hear from her. If I didn't hear from her by nine or 10 in the morning, I was calling her to make sure she didn't oversleep for a class or something. So there is still very much that involvement. And I know that kind of wanes over time. But, um, but I, I, it doesn't, it's not necessarily helpful when you're going through, through all of the emotions that you go through when your kids leave the nest, when you're talking to people who just aren't there yet, can't relate for whatever reason. So I definitely encourage you to find people, find friends, find support systems with people who um, have either gone through it recently or are also in the process of going through it. Um, Because like I said, sometimes it's just nice to be able to connect with people who really understand where you're at. Okay. All right, so let's start this off by talking about time management. So first, um, if you're not familiar, I really encourage you to go back and listen to some of my um, podcasts about time management. Um, So the way that I do time management is I call it the time bucket system. Like you're organizing those hours in your day into like little buckets. So we have a finite amount of time in a day but we have like an infinite amount of things that we have to get done in a day. So how do you go from being like constantly overwhelmed to how do you organize your different time? So the time buckets, how I have them designed is that they're for different areas of your life. So you can't, it's not like this, you know, everything is balanced, you're, you know, everything gets equal time. Unfortunately, it never works that way. But I have, I created these time buckets because I want you to kind of take an overall approach to your life. There's things that you have to do on a daily basis. There are things that you want to do. How do you kind of create and make time for those? So the seven time buckets that I talk about are home, family, work, social hobby, that's one, financial, physical health, that's another, that's the same bucket, and then quiet time. Um, 
I have you go through a process in just getting in a habit. I do it myself for my business. I do it for the stuff that I need to get done is you do a three-step process. You kind of take a look at those and you just brainstorm. Get all the stuff out of your head onto paper of the things that you need to do in all of those different areas of your life. If it's a physical health bucket, you're, you know, maybe you need to do hit the gym more. That's something that you're intending to do, but you never seem to find the time. If you need to sit down and redo your budget, that's your financial bucket. If there's projects around your home, that's a home bucket. Stuff that you need to do with your family, maybe date night with your spouse, that's in your uh, family bucket, so on and so forth. Um, Just so you know, the one bucket that I really do like to emphasize is a quiet time. We live in a day and age where technology is constantly feeding us information from the time we wake up until the time we go to bed. I am absolutely guilty of it like anyone else. And so there's times where we need a break from our phone or we just need a break from the people in our life. So I encourage people like you don't have to, you know, be a great meditator, but I have friends like I've told you guys in the past that sometimes they just utilize that time to do, you know, religious devotions or even yoga or just, I always joke, just sit and stare at a wall for like 10 minutes and just let your brain take a break. Um, But that's definitely something, like I said, to emphasize, especially when you're um, raising kids. It's, there's nothing better than a little bit of quiet time. But when it comes to this new stage of your life, some of these are going to look a little different. And I will say this, oh, I, I, I gander to say, overall, a lot of these areas kind of improve a little bit. That is one of the exciting things about when you get this to the stage of your life. And I'm not quite 100% there yet. I still have a young one, little one, a middle schooler who starts middle school this year. Um, so, but I will say going through home, like I said, my home for the most part, just simply because there's fewer people in it, tends to stay a little bit tidier. So like I said, trying to train the youngest that like he's the master floor sweeper so that he just like takes it upon himself. Um, But generally speaking, the home, the home kind of stays a little tidier. I notice like when I go, I, we have an extra bedroom. I made it into a guest room and it's actually kind of nice because I can like change the bedding and then it just stays. And then like when a guest comes, like my mom just visited um, it's all ready to go. And so the home stays a little tidier. Family. Well, obviously the family dynamics change, but maybe it looks like you and your spouse get a little bit more time together. So all of those things that you've talked about that you've wanted to do, um, getting the opportunity to do them like little weekend trips. But also in the family bucket, one thing that I'm really enjoying is, especially when your kids get into serious relationships, is having your family expand and having those new family members. And sometimes that can be a complicated issue too, as I have definitely found out personally. Sometimes it's good and sometimes (laughs) not so much. But your family expands a lot of times. Um, eventually you'll probably be a a grandparent and facing that, you know, that's something my oldest got married recently. And that is something that's on our horizon. And 
kind of freaks me out because I still feel like I'm like a 16-year-old inside of my brain and that I'm like, how am I going to be a grandma already? But that is definitely something that's on the horizon in my life and I'm kind of embracing it and <clears throat> thinking, you know what, I, I don't have, doesn't mean I have to have, like have a cane and wear frumpy, dumpy clothes. Like I can still be me and just be like the grandma kind of grandparent that I want to be. So family definitely expands and it looks much differently. But what about work? Again, you probably have a little bit more free time than you had before your kiddo left the nest. So work might look look a little differently. Perhaps like you've been working a job maybe that or in a position that you had to work to, you know, because of finances and stuff. So maybe you can take a different look at that bucket in that area of your life and say, wow, you know, I can make a career change because I don't have to worry so much. You know, maybe we can downsize or, or maybe it's the opposite. You're like, hey, you know, it, you know, I haven't been able to take these opportunities yet because I had kids at home. So perhaps this is a time in your life where you expand your career or you kind of climb that ladder a little bit. So work definitely looks a little bit different. What about social hobby, your social hobby bucket? So this is something that is actually really a lot of fun. You know, um, this is definitely a time where you can, like I said, expand um, your friendships with people. Like I said, I think it is a great idea. I, I love my friends who were in the same place. Like we have some really close friends and they're in the exact same place that we are. Two older kids that are on their own and then one still left at home. And they're probably the friends that we spend the most time with because we just were in that thing. So we're, they live here in the South. They live in Florida, so not too far from us now. And we've spent probably three weekends with them this summer just going because we're in that same thing. We get, we all get along. The husbands get along. I get along with the wife. Our youngest are really great friends. And it's just a lot of fun to, go out and explore new hobbies and have a lot of fun social time with uh, friends that are also in the same um, kind of area that we're at. All right, financial. So this could go one way or the other. I know when um, when you have a kiddo that you're paying, helping pay through college or helping them out financially, sometimes your finances are a little, still a little tight and a little strapped maybe, or maybe you know, like if our oldest went into the military and our food budget definitely went down and, you know, we were fortunate to not have to pay for uh, college at that time because, you know, he made the very um, honorable choice of joining the, the military. So we saw a little bit of change in our financials. So we were able to make a little bit of adjustments in that budget. Physical health. You know, this is one of those where I'm, this is kind of new for me. I, I just don't, I'm not like super in shape person, <laughs> totally fine with it. I mean, you know, I try, I do, I try to walk. Walking is probably my favorite exercise. I like yoga a lot and, you know, but this is something where I'm like kind of opening up to some new ideas. I was like, what if I start doing some of this stuff that's I mean, it is exercise, but 
I might actually have some time to do some of this other stuff. Like, you know, I'm not, again, so time strapped um, with, you know, family demands and demands of being a mom. But also the last bucket, quiet time. Like I said, I emphasized this earlier. It's one that is, I like to talk about, but it is also something that's just nice to have. I feel like when you're in the midst of it and you're, all of your kiddos are home, it just feels like this crazy activity, which to be honest, I actually really love. I love when all of my kids are under one roof. It is the best time of my life. I try to make it happen as much as possible, but with everything else that's kind of coming at us, it is actually kind of nice just to be like, have quiet, like have quiet during my day. No TVs on, nothing going on in the house. I get to just do whatever it is that I need to do with just some quiet and hear the own voice in my head speaking and not constantly being drowned out by other noise. So what I encourage you to do at this point of your life, if you're facing it, um, you know, with a kiddo or kiddos that have flown the nest is I want you to just take a moment and an opportunity, get yourself a notebook and just write the seven time buckets on the top of the sheet. And again, I'll go over those home, family, work, social hobby, financial, physical health, and quiet time. Just write those at the top of the sheet. I want you just to give yourself some quiet time. This is something that's hard to do when like there's a lot of stuff going on around you. Um, But just take an opportunity and just brainstorm. So the first step in this is just brainstorming. What are things that you have thought about doing over the years that you're just like, oh, one day I'll get to that. Maybe that day has arrived. Maybe it is now the time has come that you're actually able to get one of something done or or go into new area and, and work on something. So write those things down. Just This is actually a really fun exercise to do. Get it out. Nobody has to see this. This is for your eyes only. Um, if you really want to dive into this, I, I may or may not have some tools for you online. So depending on when you're listening to this, but you can always go to my website to take a look at oneorganizedmama.com. But again, this is definitely something that you can just do by listening to this. So brainstorm. I just want you to write down everything. Write down your dreams, like write down your goals, write down what you would love to do. Just get it out of your head. All those things that are like, I, you know, kind of feel like embarrassing or like kind of give you like chills a little bit, but just write it down. Have fun doing this process. Write down everything that can come into your head, put it on paper. Now, once you've done that, I want you to do the next step, which is prioritization. I want you to go through and either take a highlighter or that same pen and either circle the things and want at least one thing circled in each group. So of the seven time buckets, I want something in at least one of those groups circled, highlighted, numbered, whatever. So just go through, circle, highlight all of the different things that actually stand out and that you would say is a priority to you. And some of those things may be things that you know you have to do, but you don't want to do. Circle them. All right. Now that you have that page, what I want you to do is I want you to get into the habit of planning. 
you can kind of start with a weekly plan. So it doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, what well, doesn't matter what day of the week. Your week can start whenever you start this process. So um, right now, I think I'm on a Thursday. So if you're listening to this on a Thursday, your week starts on Thursday. It doesn't. You don't have to wait till Sunday or Monday. I want you to go through and I want you to, again, choose at least one item from each of the time buckets and just start to write down, like, here's some of the stuff that can be broken down in one week. And you, you're probably going to have to take some of those things and break them down. For instance, I always use the you know, if you want to run a marathon, you're not going to run a marathon in the next week. Probably not. So, but what you can do is you can say, I'll run, you know, five miles for the week. So let's use that example. So for the week, you're going to get five miles in. And hopefully if you're running five miles, you're probably pretty cheap. I couldn't run five miles in a week, but I could probably run five, five times, like walk run five times. So however it looks to you, write it down. So your goal is marathon, but you're going to run five miles for the week. So you're going to start focusing on weekly planning. Same thing with the different areas. Like for instance, if you know you need to cut back and start saving some money and start cooking at home more, you're going to say, right, you know, you can, you can make out a, a menu for the week. Or that work bucket. If it's something that you're like, hey, I actually, you know, after listening to this podcast, realize I actually have some time to go for that job promotion. So maybe you're going to set an appointment with your boss for the week. So those are things that you can get accomplished in a one week period. Again, try to go through all seven and try to choose something from each seven. I know what you're thinking, like, what do I choose for quiet time? Just put quiet time, just whatever. I mean, if you can't think of anything, um, just put quiet time. And if quiet time is just sitting like I said, five, 10 minutes, just kind of like letting your brain just get a break, just sitting, even if it's, it doesn't have to be completely quiet. Like if you want to just listen to music, like I'm going to give myself five minutes a day to listen to music, that's fine. Until you figure out whatever it is that just kind of helps you sort of decompress. So you've kind of written down some ideas that you're going to do for the week. Now, starting with tomorrow. Tomorrow, my friend, tomorrow. And I don't care if tomorrow's Friday or Sunday, Monday, doesn't matter. You are going to get in the habit of doing some daily planning and you're going to make these things happen. And you're going to continue this practice every at least every single day with a daily planning, every single week with a prioritization and maybe once a month with the brainstorming. Because sometimes our, our things kind of change and our goals change. Maybe we accomplish something and so we can kind of step it up to the next goal. But I want you to get into the habit of this. And this kind of really makes you, helps you make or feel more productive. I know it does for me. It's something that I've done for many, many, many years. And I like to actually keep the notebooks and kind of look back on my progress and see how far that I've come. So again, you, you're not going to probably run five miles in a day. So when it comes to daily planning, but you could probably get a mile in and it, you can definitely get a mile in if you know that that's what you're going to do. So tonight I want you to sit down because I, I really like to encourage you to do your daily planning the night before if you're just starting out. Once you're in the habit like I am, I can do my daily planning the morning of when I first wake up because I, it's, it's like in my head now, I don't have to actually write it down every single time. 
So you're going to write like, hey, if I get to bed by 10 o'clock, I can be up by five, six o'clock, you know, set a time for yourself and I can get a one mile run in because pretty good at running. Not me personally, but maybe you are. So you can get one mile in. Well, that's one mile down for your week. So you just have four more miles to fit in during your week. And you're going to do that by getting into the habit of daily planning. Now, you're super excited because, you know, you, you have this potential of really going after that job promotion that you've really kind of thought about for a while now. So maybe the next day, say your boss isn't in on Fridays, but for Monday, when you daily plan Sunday night for Monday, one of the first things you're going to do is set an appointment with your boss to talk about that job promotion. So that is something that you've accomplished for the week. Now, what about that saving money? You kind of need to like, you know, revamp the food budget. You guys have been eating out a lot or whatever, you know, little few too many Starbucks. So during maybe on Saturday, so Friday night, you're going to say tomorrow, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan a menu for the week and have an idea. I, I, I do mine like three to four days out. That way I kind of have an idea. I have the ingredients on hand. So I'm not running to the store every single day but that I can have an idea of what I'm going to make throughout the week. So when I do come home in the evenings, I'm not too tired to think about something. I already just kind of know. I know I can bring stuff out of the freezer in the morning to defrost or throw something into the crock pot. I already have the ingredients on hand and it saves a lot of time and a lot of money in the long run. So you kind of get what I'm saying. Like I said, if you want to dive a little bit deeper into this, I definitely have other podcast episodes. Go to my website to see what I'm doing to teach this a little bit further. So let's talk about the organization and the stuff when it comes to your kiddos. They leave a lot of stuff. My God, do they leave a lot of stuff when they leave the house. Like I had a memory on Facebook pop up just the other day where my young, my oldest had left uh, for the military. And like, we were still finding socks, like his socks were still popping up in furniture. Like that was his thing. He was always losing a sock and like the couch or whatever. And I was, I just got a, a good uh, laugh out of it when he had been away in the military training for a few weeks, and I was still finding socks pop up. But they do leave a lot of stuff. And um, here is what I want you to think about when it when it comes to what to do with their stuff. First and foremost, Give it a few months. I mean, I I hope you're not like, you know, hey, that's going to be my new yoga retreat, their bedroom, like the weekend that they leave home. Give it a few months if you can and definitely let them be involved, but with parameters. All right. So here's sort of a guideline when it comes to dealing with them stuff. If it's less than six months the parameter is let them be very involved. Like give them six months. That's a college semester. That's a military training. That's enough time where they've gone off and backpacked through Europe and come home. I don't know, whatever your kid did to leave the nest. That kind of gives them a fair amount of time to determine, you know, hey, how much of this stuff is really important to me? So six months, less than six months is a good guideline to let them have pretty much say in anything that stays or goes. Now, when it passes six months and they're going to their new duty station for the military, entering their second uh, semester in college or whatever, you know, 
you know, maybe considering getting an apartment with a friend in that six to 12 month period, it's a 50, 50. And to some people that sounds really kind of cruel. And to other people, they're like, come on, that's way too much time. But hear me out on this. This is really where you are allowed to assert yourself as a parent, like, hey, I'm not a storage unit. You need to make some decisions. You know, like I said, give them six months to kind of go and make their decisions on what stays and goes. Between six months and 12 months, you are allowed to go in and make some of the decisions for them. You are paying the mortgage and or rent on that home. It is your home. You are allowed to say what stays and goes. You're allowed to have it. But with some understanding that if you do come across some items that you're not sure about, give them a little bit of time or take a photo, FaceTime them, whatever you have to do, and see if you can kind of nudge them along a little bit. Say, hey, look, I've already painted, picked out the pink colors for my yoga retreat. Let's, let's kind of move this along a little bit. All right. If their stuff remains in your home beyond 12 months, you have complete control and say over what is done with them. And it, to me, it's just 100% fair. Again, that's one year. That is an entire year. It doesn't matter what the, they've chosen to do. They've probably been home a few times in that year. And it is okay for you to reclaim that space and call it your own. All right. So you're probably like me because I know a lot of parents are. So what do you do with their stuff once you have it? I mean, it's it's hard. I freely admit if I hoard one thing, it is my kid's stuff. I was slightly mortified <laughs> when we packed up our home in Vegas on the stuff that I had kept. My husband was like, you're a crazy person. And I was like, I know. Like, shocked at some of the stuff that I kept of my kids like like Halloween costume like my oldest was a Teletubby and he hated that costume I made him be a Teletubby because my group of friends who were going trick-or-treated treating with needed the red Teletubby and he was like not a toddler he was like five years old so he was I'm forced this child into a Teletubby costume and then I kept it my husband's like, you're, you're legitimately crazy. I was like, I know I really, freely accept that. Like, why did I keep that costume? It doesn't even have great memories. It's this horrible memory of me forcing my child <laughs> to be something for Halloween that he didn't even want to be and was kind of slightly mortified. So it doesn't even have a great memory to it. It's not even, oh, well, it's kind of funny now, but it wasn't really funny at the time. So why did I keep that damn costume? I don't know, but I did. So I, it was actually still in relatively decent shape. I actually ended up donating it. I'm sure nobody knows what a Teletubby is these days, but anyway, so what can you do with this stuff? So I had to go through and I had to purge a lot more. And then we actually had our friend, our Florida friends up when we moved into our house in Georgia and they were like, dang, you keep kept a lot of your kids stuff. And I was like, you think this is a lot. You should see how much I got rid of. So I... I feel ya. If you if it's a hard area for you to get rid of stuff, I feel ya. So we are renting a home. So I know we have at least one year to live in this home. Um, I have made I made a deal with my husband. I will go through these boxes and get rid of more stuff. So how am I doing it? 
I have the boxes. It's actually very organized. It's very labeled by person in our family. So instead of carrying these bins and boxes around like I have for a millennium and super embarrassing myself on why I keep this stuff, I really have made a decision that in this one year, I have got to get stuff out of these really neat organized bins and into scrapbooks. So that is the very first thing that I've purchased um, to start doing. I simply just went to Hobby Lobby. I bought some black scrapbooks like the 12 by 12s where I can just go in and paste stuff in there and then I can go in and write a little note. My sister was with me and I did not let her, when I was in Hobby Lobby buying this, I did not let her entice me with the cute little stickers and all of that stuff. And like, oh my gosh, come here, let's go look. I was like, nope, it literally needs to be plain. My kids don't care how it's cut out, the pictures cut out, or what little stickers or accoutrements I put in there. They just want to go back and look at the fun memories. And this is also something that I can do with them. So again, keep them involved. So we can go through, this is something that's great to make as gifts, but just it makes you go through and say like, what am, what am I keeping this for? But if it is something really special, those books are really, really great. They're like archival, say for something. So it'll actually keep um, the photos and the little trinkets and mementos from yellowing. But definitely make from fun projects. Involve your kids, involve their siblings. Say, hey, do you want to make a scrapbook for your sister? And go through and do something really fun, involve the family and do something that is actually something that they'll treasure because I I need a, to preach to myself when I tell people, get the, if it's sentimental, it means something to you, get it out of the boxes and bins and do something with it. I know I preach that to you and I'm here to freely admit that I need to take my own advice when it comes to that. So I have one year, so I'll keep you guys posted on how that goes. All right. Again, make fun projects with stuff. Come up with some really creative things. I mean, my gosh, we have like Etsy, Pinterest, you know, internet searches galore, where you can just say fun things to do with, you know, dance costumes, or, you know, fun things to do with t shirts, sports t shirts. I, for my oldest, I made a t shirt quilt with him when he graduated high school. And he still has it. And that was a great way to um, utilize the all of the sports t-shirts that he had throughout the years. Also, something to keep in consideration is think about those milestones that your children are going to have. So perhaps you make a gift or a scrapbook or a photo book of when they get married. And that's something that you can present to them as a gift or when they have their first child, start their first job, move into their first home. Just something that is not over the top. Keep keep it reasonable. and But think of those milestones and you can do something with those and be like, you know what? Hey, my... I noticed that you kept this in your room and now that you're getting your first home, maybe present it as a gift and that say, this is something that I think that you would appreciate having in your new home. Um, that's something that can be very sentimental, but keep it small and don't overthink it. And the last thing that I kind of want to go through are start some new family traditions and that, again, is something, one of the great things about going through your kids' stuff when they 
they leave is that you really do kind of learn a lot about them. And that is one thing that I really realized. You see what was important to them. Like if they kept little things from maybe a Christmas tradition that you guys had as a family, that's something that you can realize really matters to them. And that's something that you can keep going and keep doing. If they, if you did little things for them and they could have cared less and it was tossed or they were absolutely fine donating it, don't, don't take it personally. Just realize like not everything is important to everyone. And so perhaps you can kind of take some of those things and build some new family traditions and definitely have a lot of fun with it. Like I said, involve other your other kids in doing special things for their siblings. That's always really fun and a great way to keep the family connected. So, all right. And last word of advice, I actually have it written at the very bottom of my outline. Just, just do it. You know the saying, just do it. I think sometimes we just get so involved in like overthinking and in our heads when it comes to something. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you put that into a scrapbook, put it into a quilt, you know, made some little cute memento out of something, or you just decided to go ahead and donate it. I promise you this, when you donate or get rid of stuff, it does not diminish the memories. It doesn't diminish the person. It does not diminish your love for them. I promise you, I have definitely an issue with keeping too much of my kids' stuff. And when I got rid of that Teletubby costume, I can still still tell you the story as if it just happened the other day because that memory is now seared forever in my brain. I didn't have to keep the costume to relay the memory or to have that, um, you know, connection with with that story or with my child. So just do it. Don't overthink things too much and embrace this time. Like, let me know if you you are, if this resonated with you and you did something that like, you're like, hey, I, listening to your podcast episode, I realized I had time to do this once my kids left the nest. Send it to me. I am on Instagram, One Organized Mama. Send me a DM. Send me an email. I would love to hear some of your stories and maybe eventually do another follow-up podcast and share because I think this is something that is a really, really difficult time for a lot of parents out there, a lot of moms and stuff. I don't want it to be sad. I want you to also embrace the excitement of it. So send me your stories, oneorganizedmama at gmail.com or on Instagram. And if you guys are interested in learning more and you really need some, I'm still doing the coaching. Just keep listening. I try to do a little like commercial once a month and let you guys know what my latest and greatest is. I also have a website, oneorganizedmama.com. So if you love this web, or excuse me, this podcast, do me a favor, please go on. I think if you're on Apple or on Spotify, you can do it on both. Give me a five-star review. That helps me spread the word to more. And you can also share this with anybody you think that could benefit from it. And like I said, I do love hearing from you guys. And thank you guys for being so patient with me this summer. Until next time, I really appreciate and thank you for listening to the One Organized Mama podcast.